Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. We just wave our hands to show that we are glad to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. So, today we'll be concluding with our series on faith. And I believe that for the past three weeks you were stirred up to use your faith. To have victory on the earth, to take dominion on the earth. And actually Jesus came on earth and he lived on this very earth and showed an example how you can live in dominion on the earth, on this very same world that people say it's not possible to live in victory. Our scripture in Hebrews 11 verse 1, Amplified Classic, as you're getting there, I just want to tell you that faith is actually living in another realm. Okay? It's living in the supernatural realm and then you declare things there and things come in the natural. You see things the way God sees them. You speak the way God speaks. Amen? I said faith is living in another realm. It's living in the supernatural realm. You see things the way God sees them. And you speak the way God speaks. So sometimes you would find when people speak in the world, they speak how the world speaks. That's not faith. Amen. If you speak the way the world speaks, you will get the world's results. If you speak the way God speaks, then you will get God's results. So let's read that Hebrews 11 verse 1 Amplified Classic. Uh, Mr. MJ, if you've got your mic with you, otherwise I will read it. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. So I like the assurance and the confirmation. Okay? The assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. Uh -huh. Of the things we hope for. Okay. Are you hoping for something? Is there something that's still in the future? But now faith says, I'm assured. I have a confirmation that I've got it. Mm -hmm. Being the proof of things we do not see. Okay, being the proof of things we do not see. So in other words, by faith, I already see it before my eyes can see it. And the conviction of their reality. Mm. Faith perceiving as a real fact what is not revealed to the senses. I like this about faith perceiving as a real fact what is not revealed to senses. So I told you for the past three weeks that when you can't see something, it doesn't mean it's not there. It's just not revealed to your eyes, to your sight. But now when it says faith is the confirmation of the things we hope for. So as I'm trusting God for something, I believe, how many of you are trusting God for something? Amen. Amen. Use your faith. Grasp that thing by faith and start declaring like God declared in the beginning when it was dark. He said, let there be light. So start calling those things that you see in, your fa in faith in the spiritual realm. Start declaring that in the natural. Because it says faith is perceiving as a real fact what is not yet revealed to senses. So my senses will always lag behind. Okay? Do you know that is like with healing? You declare that by the stripes of the Lord Jesus, I'm healed. That's, that's the truth, isn't it? We are healed by the stripes of the Lord Jesus. So if my body is still feeling not well, it will catch up anyway. 
<laughs> Amen. You, you can tell your body that body, let's all say body. body. Sometimes if you don't feel well, by faith I know that you will catch up. Because by the stripes of the Lord Jesus we were healed. It's an established fact. So my body may just be behind but it will catch up. Your finances may just be behind but they will catch up. Amen. Because by faith you already have grasped it. Those of you who know how to believe God, you pray for something, you pray for something. There are times when you are praying for something, you don't have a breakthrough yet. You know you don't have it yet. You haven't grasped it. But there comes a time in your spirit where you've got peace. And you know I've got it. Even though I can't see it with my eyes, I am at peace. I know it is done. Amen. Amen. So as you trust in God, as you're studying scriptures, as you're reading the Bible, as you are praying... Pray to that point, establish your faith to that point where you've got the assurance, where you've got the confirmation that I've got it even if I can't see it. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, King James Version, Mr. MJ, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, because it's not that, you see, you've got a choice as a child of God. You can live by faith or you can live like the world by what circumstances dictate. Okay? But if you live like the world by following what the circumstances dictate, you cannot change anything. But if you live by faith, then you can change the natural by the spiritual. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, King James Version, Mr. MJ. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Okay. How do we walk? And not by? So it means sometimes... When uh, if you always if you are a Christian and you always want to get proof of things in the natural, you want to see it first before you can believe it. You want to touch it first before you can believe it. Then you're not walking by faith, because here it says we walk by faith and not by sight. So it means some of the things, the way I behave. You see, it's like uh, look at. I remember the story of uh, when Peter was in prison. And uh, Herod had just killed James. But the way that Peter was sleeping, when the angel had to come and rescue him, he was so fast asleep that I think he was just relaxed in God, knowing that my God is in charge. So faith will make you relax in the middle of a storm. Because you are not walking by what you see. You are not walking by what the natural dictates. You're walking by faith. So, Jesus, when he was on the earth, I want us to look a bit about how Jesus exercised his faith, but we'll spend a lot of time in the book of Hebrews understanding how faith works and how people who have gone before us applied their faith. Jesus, when he was on the earth, he was the master of his own circumstances. Amen. Jesus was never a victim of circumstances. He was always a master of his circumstances. You remember when he came to the fig tree? He told it. He came to the storms. He talked to the storms. Anything. Sickness. Talked to it. So he was a master of circumstances. Not a victim of circumstances. So if Jesus was a master of circumstances, I can also be a master of my circumstances through Jesus. Amen. We can all declare, I'm a master master 
of my circumstances. I'm not a victim of my circumstances. Amen. Because Jesus was in charge. He would talk things, he would speak things, and he would be obeyed. We also can speak things and we will be obeyed. So I want you to go with me to the book of Mark chapter 4. Verse 37 to 41. Because for me, faith is that thing where you can, people actually will think, in which kind of world are you living? Because I mean, it's like, Peter, how do you sleep when you might be slaughtered the next day? <laughs> By Herod. But then, he, 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 he had so much confidence in God. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. That he could even sleep. So some of you, even the things that are challenging you, sometimes maybe it's debts. Okay, you're owing a lot. Can't you just rest? Just say, I know my God is in charge. Yeah. It, do, it doesn't sound normal to do that. It's because you're walking by faith and not by sight. It's because your assurance is from God. Amen. And that's how we change things. Mark 4, 37 to 41, King James Version, Mr. MJ. And there arose a great storm of wind. Okay. There arose a great storm of wind. Tell your neighbor, there will be times when great storm will arise. Yeah. It won't all, you see, we told you two, three weeks ago that there is the devil here on earth. So there are times when storms will arise. Sometimes great storm for that matter. Okay. And the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. Okay. I want you to look at that. What was Jesus doing when there was storm? Okay. That's the difference. You see, people who have faith are able to sleep even when there is a storm. Because they know this storm can't do me any harm. Amen. 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 My father is in charge. Okay, he was sleeping on a pillow. Mm -hmm. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Okay, now listen to this. What were the disciples speaking? Fear. They were speaking fear. They were speaking what they were seeing. So, in other words, when the storms were coming, when there were those storms, they had an option. They could speak fear in line with what they were seeing. Or they could speak faith in line with what God had promised. Okay? Now they say, Master, don't you care that we perish? Don't you know that this is how some people pray? God, don't you care? Can't you see? Can't you see? God, are you really there? This is how some people pray, isn't it? Is this prayer? Master, don't you care that we perish? You will perish speaking like that. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Okay, now let's continue. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea. Okay, so... He arose and rebuked the wind. So for Jesus, he took charge. 
He took charge of circumstances. When the disciples were talking about the circumstances and their fear of the circumstances, Jesus took charge. Can we learn as children of God to learn from Jesus that when I face circumstances, I will take charge? Can we all say, when I face my circumstances, when I face my storms, I'm going to take charge. Amen. Because when God created us in the beginning, he said, let them have dominion. Let them take charge. So Jesus came and demonstrated that. So when he arose, he rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace. Be still. Hey. Peace. Be still. So he was commanding that wind to keep quiet. So he didn't have to start even praying, God, may you come and uh, calm the waters. He knew that he was given authority. He had dominion. So there are times sometimes even for you, instead of you praying and asking God to come on the scene, you declare things. Peace, be still. You remember the time when uh, James and John were going to the temple and there was a crippled man there? Did you see how John spoke to that man? He didn't say, oh, Father, heal this man. He said, silver and gold have I none. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. So in other words, he took charge. And that's how we as children of God have got to take charge. And you can declare in your circumstances. So peace be still. Mm -hmm. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Why did the wind cease? Because it was commanded to stop. So how will your wind cease when you command them to stop? If you keep on saying, oh God, where are you? Don't you care that we perish? Winds don't stop like that. Okay? But when you take charge and say, peace be still, not in my family, in the name of Jesus, and I'm taking charge. Continue. And he said unto them, why are you so fearful? And how is it that you have no faith? Now, do you see two things there? There is fear and faith. So he says, How, uh, why are you so fearful? Why are you feel full of fear? And why is it that you have no faith? So it means you could have chosen to go the faith route and not the fear route. Tell your neighbor, choose the faith route and not the fear route. Amen. Because when you are faced with a challenge, there are two routes. It's the faith route. And the fear root. Amen. So when you are at that, 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 that point. Where you've got to choose. Is it the fear root or the faith root? If you go the, faith, the fear root. You will be defeated. If you go the faith root. You take charge. And circumstances have got to bow to you. Amen. Amen. So, but when I see this. Okay continue. Finish verse 41. And they feared exceedingly. Yeah. And said to one another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? <laughs> so they thought it was because this is a, an extraordinary man. But what did Jesus say to them? He said, Why, How is it that you have no faith? So in other words, according to Jesus, you didn't even need to wake me up. You could have just spoken the words of faith like I did. Amen. Amen. 
You know, when he says, how is it that you have no faith? For me, I see this in two ways with this portion of scripture. I think I told you the other time. Either he was saying, why don't you exercise your faith and rebuke the wind and stop the wind like I've done, which I think he was saying that. But the other rendition of that is that according to the word of God, how was Jesus supposed to die? In, in, in an accident in the boat. Uh, drown, drown in the sea. Huh? No. So in essence, his destiny didn't depend on circumstances. <coughs> Amen. Amen. Because there are times sometimes when some of you say, oh, you never know who. You never know. Now imagine Jesus had to drown and die without going to the cross. He would not have been redeemed. So it could not happen that way. So it means there are times sometimes when you know God's will, when you know what God has said, that you are at peace. You know nothing will happen because there is an assignment at hand. There are things that I still need to do. Like some of us, we know what God wants us to still do here on the earth. We ain't going. Amen. So if you also know, then you can also know that I have faith. I ain't going. But if you don't know, then you will keep on saying, you never know. (laughs) And indeed, you will never know. (laughs) But we know. Like Jesus knew that he was not going to die in that boat. And you remember, I love Jesus, how he takes charge. You see there, he said, peace be still. And then there would be times when they would want to arrest him. And when it's not time, he said, it's not yet time. But remember the time when he had to be crucified. You remember the words that he said, I love Jesus. They were coming to capture him. Must read your Bibles. So they were coming to arrest him, capture him. And as they were coming, you remember Peter even trying to defend Jesus. And what did Jesus say? I love Jesus. Jesus said, beside rebuking Peter for using the sword, he said, don't you think I could have called upon the Father and he would send angels, myriads of angels to protect us. And then he said, I lay my life down. So he chose to die. If he didn't want to die, he could have refused to die. Let me repeat what I just said. The way that Jesus talked, he said to Peter, don't you know that I could have called upon my father and he would have dispatched angels to protect me. But then he says, I lay my life down. <clears throat> he said the same thing when he said, look, they are coming against me. The prince of this world is coming to me, but he's got nothing in me. But I lay my life down. So he chose to die. He was not forced to die. He chose to die. He said, I lay my life down. And when he laid it down, he said, I've got power to lay it down and I've got power to take it again. He was in charge. Amen. When he was living on the earth, he was in charge. In death, he was in charge. In resurrection, he was in charge. And I've got the nature of God in me. Amen. Amen. That's how faith works. So the way that Jesus was speaking, 
When he said, peace be still, speaking to his circumstances, we can also speak. Go with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, <coughs> King James Version. 2 Corinthians 4, 13. Because some people think I've got faith, but faith is my private matter. Haven't you heard some people say, my faith is my private matter? Mm -hmm. And sometimes people, they say, no, you know, I'm trusting God, but I don't have to say it out loud. It's my own secret. You remember when Jesus came to the fig tree and he expected figs, there were no figs there. And he spoke to the fig tree and he said, let no one eat fruit from you here after forever. And the Bible says, and the disciples heard him. So it means your faith, you will have to speak. We will have to hear you speak what you believe. Your circumstances must even hear you speaking to them. Amen? Because if you just keep quiet in your heart and you say, I know I'm believing it in my heart without speaking. Because you know that even when we believe how you accepted Jesus, you believed in your heart, but you also spoke and confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So it means it's not enough just to believe it. You've got to speak it. Imagine if Jesus there in the boat, in his heart he was just saying, I believe that the wind will stop. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Even God in the beginning, imagine when it was dark, I believe that there will be light. No. He said, let there be light. Yeah. And there was light. Yeah. Jesus said, peace be still. Amen. Amen. So you will have to speak. 2 Corinthians 4.13, Mr. MJ, King James Version. We have the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Did you see two things there? We believe and we also speak. You can't just say I believe, I know, I believe, I know it in my heart. We believe and therefore we speak. So when you hear some of us declaring, I mean, it's like when I'm telling you I, I ain't quitting, I'm not going. I believe it and I speak it. Amen. That's how faith works. It's not being proud. You are declaring your faith. And in that junction, you could have been speaking fear. Hey, you never know. You know these days and even accidents and uh, people are dying and uh, there is this disease, there is that, that. You're speaking your fear. So allow me to speak my faith. Amen. And when I speak my faith, I'm speaking what God has said. He said, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Yes, it's him who decided he will satisfy me with long life. So I'm believing him for that. And also when there is an assignment to do, don't go until you finish the assignment. Amen. You need to be like Paul. When he had finished this assignment in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, it says, the time, he starts by saying, I'm now ready to be offered. He says, I'm now ready to be offered. That's verse 6. My life is now offered like a drink offering. And he says, I have run the race, I've finished the course, I've kept the faith, now I'm ready to go. Amen. That's what you do when you know how to believe God. Amen. 
We believe and therefore we speak. Go with me to the book of Romans chapter 10. Verse 6 to 10. King James, New King James Version. Because this faith thing, faith speaks. Okay? Faith does not just imagine. Faith speaks. God spoke his faith. Jesus spoke his faith. Paul spoke his faith. You will have to speak. Whatever you believe in God for, speak it. That's how you call it into being. Isn't that also how when you want something you call it? Yeah, like when you've got a dog and a cat and you want a dog. So let's say you've got a dog and a cat. How many of you have got a dog and a cat at home? I don't have any, but how many of you have both? Nobody with a cat and a dog. Hey, we've got to improve. <laughs> okay, if you've got a dog and a cat at home, and now the cat is here, but you want a dog, what do you speak? What do you call? Do you call a cat because it's here? You call the dog because you want it. So, if you call the dog because you want it, and somebody says, why are you calling the dog? It's not here. You must call the cat because the cat is, cat is here. No, the cat is here. I don't have to call it. I'm, I want the dog. So similarly, whatever cat that is there with you, if you want a dog, call the dog. And don't call the cat because it's there. Because you usually call things because they are here. You don't even need to call it. If it's there, it's there. Isn't it? You must call it if it's not there. So that's why then I call things. Okay? I call things to be manifested because I'm living by faith. So Romans 10, 6 to 10, New King James Version, Mr. MJ, I want to show you that this faith speaks and we're going to spend some time also today speaking, 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 speaking. We, we want to train you in this so that you see how some of us receive our victories. We use our mouth. I believe in my heart, but I speak it like my heavenly father speaks. Like Jesus speaks. But the righteousness of faith speaks this way. Okay, so let's start by saying the righteousness of faith speaks. <clears throat> the righteousness of faith speaks. It speaks. Mm. <clears throat> now we are told how does it speak. Uh -huh. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. Mm -hmm. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. Mm -hmm. But what does it say? Yeah. The word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. How far is the word? Near you, in your <coughs> mouth and in your heart. So it's not enough for the word just to be in your heart. It also needs to be in your mouth. And it says... That word is near you. You don't even need to go overseas. Do you know that there are some people who go overseas to get healed? Mm, they've got to fly somewhere to get healed. According to this, it says, you don't even need, the word is near you. <coughs> in your heart and in your mouth. So your miracle is just here. Okay? It says, don't say in your heart, 
who will ascend into heaven? Who will go descend into the deep? In Deuteronomy where it was said, it, it even said, it's not overseas, it's not beyond the sea. That you will say somebody will come and go get it. This thing was quoting Deuteronomy. And in Deuteronomy it talks about it's not beyond the sea. It's here. Can we all say my victory is here? My victory is here. And here. It's in my mouth and in my heart. So as I have that word in my heart, I will speak it. Because I've grasped it. Continue. <clears throat> that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Mm -hmm. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Amen. I want you to look at this. <clears throat> you remember the scripture that says the just shall live by faith, and it says we were saved by faith, but we also continue to live by faith. Now, how we got born again? How did you got, get born again? You believed with your heart and you also confessed with your mouth. You spoke. You confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Now, that word salvation, I see there in verse 10 and in verse... So, there are two common Greek words for, 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 for salvation. But today I will use the word soteria. S-O-T-E-R-I. I A. That word that's used salvation there, we say confession is made unto salvation. <clears throat> it's not only talking about that you are saved, now you are a Christian. Okay, that's one element of it. But it also means deliverance. It also means healing. It also means sound mind. So anything that makes you free from the enemy. That's salvation. Amen. Amen. It also means, they, they say, there's also, it's also closely related to, the other time we were talking about redemption, and we said the Greek word for that, they say lytrosis, which means to be rescued. So they say it also means to be rescued. So it means I can use my faith to be rescued. Amen. I can use my faith to be healed. I can use my faith to be protected. Amen. Like Jesus said, I could have called on the angels. I could have called on my father and he would have dispatched angels to protect me. Amen. So it means I can use my faith to get whatever I want to get as salvation. Salvation is more encompassing than just to be born again. Okay. Now. Let's look at this in the book of Mark chapter 11. Now I want to show you when Jesus was on the earth. It was the time after he saw the fig tree and he spoke to the fig tree. You know the wind, he rebuked the wind. Now there was a time when he was expecting figs and he didn't find figs. He spoke to the fig tree and the disciples heard him. When he had said, no man eat fruit from you here after forever. You know that sometimes you speak your faith and your mind says, what if it doesn't happen? Therefore, you don't want to speak it just in case it doesn't happen. Or I will speak it in private. But there it says, imagine Jesus next to the fig tree. And then he realizes, if I say no one eat fruit from you here after forever, and then 
it bears fruit, then yo, my disciples will think. So then let me just whisper. No. He didn't work like that. So the moment you are afraid to speak it, it means you are not confident that it will happen. Amen. You've got to speak it in confidence. So he spoke it, and now look. In Mark 11, 20 to 23, he teaches us now a principle. King James Version, Mark 11, 20 to 23, KJV, Mr. MJ. In the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. I like that. As they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. So a day before, this fig tree was blossoming and, 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 and green, but it had no fruit. And Jesus spoke a word. And now when they were coming back, it says, when, after he spoke, do you think on the outside the, the, <coughs> the tree was dead? <coughs> With the natural eyes when they looked at the tree, after Jesus spoke, as they were going? No. He spoke and it still remained green in the eyes. Okay? <clears throat> but according to Jesus, <clears throat> it was already done. Settled. When they were coming back, now look at senses. I told you senses are always behind. Hmm? That's what your body does sometimes. Now, when they were coming, reread that verse 20. And in the morning, mm -hmm. as they passed by, mm -hmm. they saw. Okay, yeah. Repeat, they saw. They saw. Okay. Now, it means seeing is coming now in the morning. Mm. Faith already got it yesterday. Amen. Mm. Amen. Okay? Mm. Now, in the morning, now they saw. Okay? Mm. Uh -huh. Continue. The, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Okay. So, it means I told you that your senses are always lagging behind. So according to Jesus, this fig tree had already dried up. That's why even here you will see as we go down here, he's not even surprised. Yeah, yeah, you see, I told you. <laughs> For him it was done already when he spoke it. So, but for them, they saw it in the morning. That's when senses were catching up. So your senses are behind but they will catch up anyway. Amen. Continue. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cadest is withered away. Okay. So now Peter, remembering what Jesus said, imagine if Jesus had just gone next to the fig tree and just thought and whispered. Peter would not have remembered what Jesus said. Yeah. Okay? But now, Peter remembers this fig tree is withering away because of what Jesus said. Amen. Amen. Some of you, you want to claim the glory that, no, it was my prayer. <laughs> okay. So he says, the fig tree which you cast is withered away. Mm -hmm. And Jesus answering said, saith unto them, have faith in God. Okay, I want you to equate this with what happened in the boat. Yeah. 
You remember in the boat after Jesus, when Jesus rebuked the wind? After rebuking the wind, he chose the faith route, but he told them, how is it that you have no faith? Okay? Now here, he does something by faith, the fig tree dries up. When they were now surprised, he doesn't bring attention to himself. He says, have faith in God. So it's exactly the same thing that happened in the boat there. How is it that you have no faith? So he is saying, you can also do it. It's not about me. It's about faith in God. Amen. Tell your neighbor, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Amen. Mm -hmm. For verily I say unto you, mm. that whatsoever uh -uh. shall say. No. We want to include everybody, Mr. MJ. Okay. That whosoever. Okay. Whosoever. Was Jesus saying, Verily I tell you, I manage this because I'm the son of God. Verily I tell you, I manage this because I'm a powerful man of God. <laughs> no. He says, this is a simple thing, man. Yeah. Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. Whosoever. Can we all say, whosoever includes me? Okay. So, whosoever shall what? Shall imagine. No, 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 no. Mm -mm. Whosoever shall think and speak in his heart. Whosoever shall what? Shall say unto this mountain. Okay. You see now, Jesus, what did Jesus do to the storms? He spoke to the storm and said. What did he do to the fig tree? He spoke and said. Now he says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Uh -huh. Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. Okay, I like that. So it says, whosoever shall say, be thou removed. So you're talking to the mountain. You, this one doesn't even say, whosoever shall pray and fast and ask the Father to remove the mountain. It says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. So you say to it, you speak to it. Other people are very good at describing their mountains. Don't you care that we perish? Waters are coming in here. Peace be still. That's Jesus. Now here, whosoever shall say, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. It's almost the same. Let there be light. Peace be still. Whosoever shall say, Okay, you say, and shall not doubt in his heart. So in other words, I believe in my heart. I'm not going to doubt in my heart. But shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have <coughs> whatsoever he saith. You see the emphasis on saying. Mm, there is an emphasis on saying there. Believing actually is mentioned less than saying there. Because Christians don't usually have a problem with believing. They have got a problem with saying. Okay? In many things you know you are believing God, you are trusting God, but you are not saying it enough. So there he says, you say to the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and not doubt in your heart, shall believe those things which you say, you will have whatsoever you say. 
Amen. And sometimes when you say it, go with me to the book of Hebrews 10. Sometimes you will say it <coughs> and things don't seem to be changing. And then you now end up speaking something contrary to what you just said. Do you know that sometimes most of us, we start confessing the word of God when we start facing a challenge. You start speaking what God has said. But as days go by, you start, your faith starts getting weak. You start now talking things that are contrary to what you said in faith. So it means when you speak something by faith, stick with it. <clears throat> Even when it's not happening in the natural, stick with it because that's how we call it into being. Keep on speaking it by faith until it's manifested. Because sometimes we get discouraged as human beings. You speak something and you're really waiting for it and you're trusting God and it seems things are just, days are just going by. Then you end up saying, I've been believing God but nothing is happening. When you say that, now you are canceling what you were believing God for. So you could have used the same breath. Instead of saying, I've been believing God and nothing is happening, you could have used the same breath to say, I thank you, Lord, that you've heard my prayers. Amen. And I know that you are working behind the scene. Amen. Amen. And I know that my senses will catch up. Yeah. Hebrews 10.23, Mr. MJ. <clears throat> we'll read in the King James Version, a New King James Version and the King James Version, both of them, because I want to link. There are two things there. The other one puts the nice... The one, one word better, the other one, the other word better. But read Hebrews 10.23, New King James Version, and Hebrews 10.23, King James Version. <clears throat> Let us hold fast the confession of our, of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Okay, let's do it in the King James Version. It says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. You look at those two King Jameses. They differ in two ways. Okay. The other one says hold fast the confession. The other one says hold fast the profession. The other one says our hope. The other one says our faith. And the Mukosi version is the combination of the two. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith. Okay. The other one says, let's hold fast the confession of our hope. The other one says, let's hold fast the profession of our faith. So the King James Version, I like it when it says it's about our faith. But I don't like the profession. Okay. Unless if you're talking about professing, which it can be to profess, but it's more easier when you talk about confession. The New King James says, let's hold fast the confession. Then I switch to the Old King James of our faith without wavering. So it means there would be times when you need to hold fast. Tell your neighbor there will be time when you will have to hold fast. You will have to hold fast to the confession of your faith without wavering. Tell your neighbor you will have to hold fast to the confession of your faith without wavering. Okay. Do you know what is wavering? <laughs> wavering is you started, let's say 
you are feeling sick, whatever sickness, let's take a simple one, headache. Maybe you've got headache, severe headache. Then you start, by the stripes of the Lord Jesus, I'm healed. Headache, I command you to cease right now in Jesus' name. That's the confession of your faith, isn't it? I believe that I'm healed by the stripes of the Lord Jesus. And if then the intensity gets more <coughs> of that headache, do you know that sometimes you start wavering? Start thinking, where are the panados? <laughs> the moment you do that, then, then, then it's like, because now the enemy is putting heat. Now you're starting to waver. So it says, hold fast the confession of your faith without wavering. So in other words, you say, if I'm speaking this and I'm holding on to it, because it is the word of God, I will hold on to it without wavering. I'm not going to waver. Because usually you would find most of us, we all start well in faith. But somewhere along the way, we waver. You remember how Peter, when he was called by Jesus to come to him walking on the water? In the sea? You remember when Peter said, if it's you, command me to come to you walking on the water. And then Peter started moving. But when, as he was on his way, looking around, he started seeing the wind. And then he started doubting, and then he was sinking. So we usually start well, most of us, in our faith. But hold fast to the confession of your faith without wavering. Go to Hebrews 10, 35 to 39. Because there are times sometimes when you start well, but as things get tougher and tougher, you lose the confidence. Okay? You lose your confidence and you start feeling, but I'm tr I've been trusting God, but it seems nothing is happening now. I've been holding on, but it seems nothing is happening. You remember in Ephesians, it talks about having done all to stand, stand therefore. So in other words, I will keep on standing. Yeah. So Hebrews 10, 35 to 39, New King James Version, Mr. MJ, because I want you to understand that there is something that you need to hold fast to. The confession of your faith without wavering. And you must not lose your confidence. Because usually we start with confidence, boldness, and being bold. But when things seem to be getting tougher and tougher, then you start wavering. So read. Hebrews 10, 35 to 39. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Okay. Your confidence has got great reward. Don't cast it away. Tell your neighbor, don't cast away your confidence. Don't cast away your confidence. Hmm. Because in many endeavors that you are getting into, whether it's your business, whether it's your family, whether it's your studies, usually you start with confidence. And when things seem not to be working well, you cast away your confidence. It says, do not cast away your confidence. It has great reward. Other versions, I think the old King James says, version says, which has great recompense of reward. In other words, you will be compensated, you will be rewarded by holding on to that confidence. Continue. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, 
you may receive the promise. You have need of endurance. Or you have need of patience. That after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So even when you, your faith is being shaken, things are coming to buffet your faith. Hold on to the confession of your faith without wavering. Don't throw away your confidence because it will be high, greatly rewarded. It says you have need of endurance that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So I will endure. I will stand here. I'm still waiting. I'm still standing. Can we all say I'm still standing? Amen. You have need of patience. Don't cast away your confidence. Don't throw it away. Keep on holding. Okay. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Mm. Now the just shall live by faith. Okay. The just shall live by faith, not by sight. Mm -hmm. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who, be who believe to the saving of the soul. Amen. I want to show you two things quickly there. It says, if anyone draws back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. So it's like, you started well. You were holding on to the confession of your faith. Don't throw away the confidence, your confidence. Because when you throw it away, I've got no pleasure in that. Okay? Now, look at it in two ways. We said when it says the just shall live by faith, we're saved by faith, but we also continue to live by faith. So when you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you start feeling Christian life is a tough life and now you draw back, <coughs> you backslide. God says, I've got no pleasure in that because now you're losing out on your reward. But it's also the same with when you are using faith to believe God for something, and from there you draw back. Not necessarily that you have backslidden, but you have backslidden on that promise. Do you get me? So in other words, you were trusting God well. It's like when Paul says to the Galatians, you were running well, who has bewitched you? So you were trusting God, you were holding on to the confession of your faith, but hold on to it without wavering. Don't throw away your confidence. Now God says, if anyone draws back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. So whether you draw back because you are backsliding now and you will no longer enjoy eternal life with the Lord, or you are drawing back because you are now throwing away your confidence. You are quitting on something that you were trusting God for. So he says, don't draw back. My soul has no pleasure in him. As you go to that Hebrews, do 11 verse 6. I'm linking this with Hebrews 11 verse 6. Because when he says, my soul has no pleasure in those who draw back. It's because when the Bible says, your faith has got great recompense of reward. So Mr. MJ, you will do it in the New King James Version, Hebrews 11 6. So when it says, don't throw away your confidence. It has great recompense of reward or it will be highly rewarded. Now if you throw it away and God wanted to bless you. Can he still bless you? No. Now you have aborted your miracle. Okay? It means you have terminated your miracle. That's why he says, if you draw back, my soul has got no pleasure in that. Why? Hebrews 11.6. New King James Version. But without faith, it is 
possible to please him. Mm. For he who comes to God must believe that he is mm -hmm. and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Do you see? It says it's impossible to please God without faith. So when he says my, my, my soul will have no pleasure in him. You, you, you saw the one we read earlier. It says if you draw back, my soul will have no pleasure in you. It means I will not be pleased. That's why it's impossible to please God without faith. It's also impossible to please God if we draw back. Because he said, my soul will have no pleasure when you draw back. So whatever you were trusting God for, stand up again. Jack your faith again and say, I'm trusting God. I'm believing God. And our part actually is the simple one. Our part is to believe. It's not to make things happen. You remember when Jairus was going with Jesus to his house where the daughter was sick and then the woman with the issue of blood delayed Jesus? And when the people came from Jairus' house after the daughter was dead, they said, your daughter is dead. Don't trouble the master anymore. And the Bible says, Jesus overhearing them said to this man, do not be afraid. Only believe. Again, you see faith and fear. So don't be afraid. Only believe. So he was saying, the only thing I need from you is faith. I'll do the rest. That's the same thing God wants from us. Your faith. We are not responsible or accountable to make things happen. Amen. We are accountable to live by faith. Amen. And God will make it come to pass. It's God's responsibility to make things happen. It's my responsibility to believe. And actually I think God knew that we can't make things happen ourselves. So he gave us the simple part. Just believe it. And the doing part is God's part. You remember the other time <laughs> when uh, Jesus came to a place and there was uh, this crippled man and uh, he wanted to heal him on a Sabbath and the religious people of the time, they were saying, it's not right, you can't do this. And then Jesus said, he, then he said, your sins are forgiven when he wanted to heal him. And people said, who is this man who can forgive sins? Then Jesus said, what is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or rise up, take up your bed and walk? Which one is easy? <laughs> your sins are forgiven. <laughs> Isn't it? Because the other one we will need to see. So he says, but for you to know that the son of man has got power to also forgive sins, he will do the difficult one. Man, rise up and walk. Amen. Now you can see I've got power also to forgive sins. Yeah. Amen. You remember the story? Yeah. yeah. He said, which one is easier? So it means there are times sometimes when the doing part, the doing part is the difficult part. The easier one is the believing one. And God gave us the believing one. So just believe. Amen. Just believe. Amen. You are not accountable to make it happen. So people can't. People can then take me to account why it didn't happen. It's not me who makes things happen. I believe them. Amen. And God confirms his word with signs following. Amen. Amen. Now let's begin our descent. Let's go to Hebrews 11. So we've got a lot of Hebrews today. Hebrews 11, 32 to 35. 
Now, in Hebrews 11, the Bible is talking more about the people who went before us by faith. Exactly so that when we are taught faith, we must look at other people who lived on this earth and used their faith. Now, it's our turn to live on this earth and use our faith. We can't be keeping on quoting Peter, Paul, John, that. There are things that should happen in our days where we can give testimony about what God has done as we speak his word, as we believe him. Amen. You had Mr. Antonian giving his testimony and also today the elder giving his testimony. It means the word has got to be alive even in the days that we're living in. Amen. So look at this. Hebrews 11, 32 to 35 King James Version. Um, I like this one. Because he's trying now to summarize everything about. So from verse 1 he's talking about people so and so lived by faith. Did this, 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 this. Now from verse 32 he wanted to summarize. He could have gone to many more people. But then look at how he summarizes it. And what shall I more say? For the time will fail me to tell. Okay. <laughs> you see. So it seems like he, he, it was just time. You know sometimes we also learned. Not because we are finished. But time will fail us. Okay? And now we say let's land. So he says, what shall I say? So he was telling, so and so did this by faith. So and so did this by faith. Now he says, what shall we say? For time will fail me. In other words, I won't have enough time to tell you about these others. Okay? Time would fail me. You can start there. Time would fail me. Time will fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets. Yeah. So he says, time will fail me. So he could have told us, Gideon did this, this by faith. Barak did this by faith. Samson did this by faith. Jephthah did this by faith. David did this. He says, time will fail me. But let me summarize it for you. Who through faith subdued kingdoms. Okay. So it means by faith we can subdue kingdoms. Mm. Let's all declare by faith we can subdue kingdoms. By faith we can subdue kingdoms. Wrought uh -huh. righteousness. So by faith we can bring about righteousness. We can live the righteous life before God. Mm -hmm. Obtain promises. So by faith they obtained promises. We can also by faith obtain Promise. promises. So he says, time would fail me. But let me encapsulate it for you. Let me summarize it for you. They've done those, 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 those. But then instead of picking one by one, through faith they subdued kingdoms. They wrought righteousness. They obtained promises. They stopped the mouth of lions. They quenched the violence of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness they were made strong. Waxed valiant in faith. Turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead. Raised again to life. You see he's telling. He's, he's saying I won't be picking specific people. But I just want to tell you what faith does. Which he did it with so many of those people. Because now time will fail me. This is what happened. Women received their dead. Raised to life. Now. I want you to look at the last part of that to verse 35. He says, because he told all those things, he says, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. 
that they might obtain a better resurrection. You see a choice there? Yeah. For those who were tortured. It says, why were they tortured? Because God can't deliver. It says, why were they tortured? Not accepting the deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. So there are some times when you can choose to say, yes, it's fine, because I want that, then I will go through this. Okay? They were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they may get better things. It's like there are some people who are so much longing to be with the Lord. Okay? You know a person says to you, I really desire to spend time with the Lord. I want to quit. I want to go home. So even if you're praying for them, they can choose not to accept the deliverance because they want a better resurrection. So they are looking forward to the other thing. So that's why when we pray for you, it should also be, <clears throat> we also need to know what are you, what do you want? Yeah. You know that's what Jesus used to say. Yeah. <clears throat> he comes to Bartimaeus, he says, what do you want me to do for you? Yeah. I don't want to pray for you to be healed when actually you want to quit. Okay? Because sometimes <laughs> you want to go for a better thing. You say it's far much better to be with the Lord. It's better, isn't it? Yeah. So somebody might feel now it's better for me to go and be with the Lord. And then they go. So you don't have now to pray against them going. Because it's far much better thing for them to go. So he says others not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Okay? So they chose to not accept deliverance so that they can get better resurrection. So I'm saying to you, as you walk in faith, you have choices to make. And actually, you then become a master of your destiny. Because you make choices. Okay? So, as we wind down, let me rather go to, yeah, let's go to Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. And then we'll take the last verse and learn with it. Because as I'm telling you that with your faith, so it's New King James, it's NIV, Hebrews 12. So with your faith, I told you that you've got a choice. Every time you can choose the faith route or the fear route. Okay? But now we were told those people made choices and they subdued kingdoms. They stopped the mouth of lions. They quenched fires. Women received their dead, risen again. You can see faith at work. And we are here now. It's our turn to exercise faith and see things changing because the faith people are here. Now Hebrews 12 verse 1 to 3, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. So, in other words, he gave us a lot of people he talked about a lot of people who walked by faith. He says, now since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. When he says such a great cloud. So he was talking about them in, verse, in chapter 11. Now he says, look at all these people. And now we want you also to take courage from that when you exercise your faith. So he says, since we are surrounded with such a great cloud of witnesses, let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. So if you want to exercise your faith, throw off everything that will pull you down. Even sin that will entangle you. Because when you want to exercise your faith, if there are things that are wearing you down, if there is sin in your life, it will 
wear you down. You won't be able to exercise your faith. Because when you want to declare things now by faith, the enemy condemns you. He tells you, you know, you remember this. What about this? What about this? Then you just have no confidence. Okay? So, it says, therefore, throw everything that hinders you and sin that so easily entangles you. It's like when you are going for a race, when you are going to run, you mustn't be carrying a lot of bags and everything. Okay? Throw them off. So that you can, then it says, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So there's a race that I must run. There are victories to be won. Amen. Amen. There is a race that I must run. So I'm in my lane. Keep to your lane. Amen. You've got your lane. You've got your race. I've got my race. Okay. So each one of us, we've got our race. And he says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. I like this. So as we are running, you know that people who run well, there are people who don't, <laughs> I was not a good runner, Bob me was, in the early days, before we knew each other in our youth days. So for me, usually I would not be uh, in front, I would usually be covering them at the back. Because when we were running, I was keeping on checking the others. And people who are good runners, they don't check others. They focus on their race. And those of us who are not skilled, and they were passing <laughs> until there's nobody at the back. So, so now there's nobody to look to. <laughs> so you can as well run your race focused. Run it with patience. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on the price. So it says fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfect of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of his majesty on high. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So as we are running our race, we fix our eyes on Jesus. Amen. So now, I'm going to give you yeah, a few minutes where we are going to speak things. You know what things you trust in God for. You believe in God, but you need to speak it. So let's read Psalms 45 verse 1 in the NIV. Psalms 45 verse 1 NIV. We're concluding with that one. And we are going to pray. We are going to declare. We are going to do what Jesus says we will do. And the Bible says you believe and therefore we speak. Psalms 45 verse 1 says my heart is stirred up by a noble theme. You see the thing about my heart, the things in your heart. You remember it says you believe with your heart. Then you confess with your mouth. So, your heart should first have a noble theme. Your heart should be filled with the good word. Because sometimes if your heart is filled with bad things, if your heart is filled with hatred, you will speak hatred. Okay? Your tongue will be a poisonous, will be poisonous like that of a snake. Okay? But if your heart is stirred up with a noble theme, he says, 
I recite my verses for the king. My tongue is a pen of a skillful writer. Now I want you to take, of course, if in your heart it was bad things and all that, it would be a bit tough. Because then you can't speak what is not in your heart. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, but the things that you were believing God for, the things that you have seen in the word, let that be what fills your heart. And now I want you to start reciting some verses to the king. Okay? You start reciting verses to your king. Start reciting some of the scriptures. Okay? So we'll give you time to recite verses to the king. As you use your tongue as a pen of a schoolful writer. So it means we believe with the heart, but we speak with the mouth. Now here it says, my heart is stirred up with a noble theme, but my tongue or my mouth is a pen of a skillful writer. Now, we're going to stand up and we're going to write our destinies. Do it like a skillful writer. Amen? Don't speak your circumstances because that's not being skillful. Even people of the world do that. Speak what you believe. Write your, narrate, narrate the things you want to see. Write it. And as a skillful writer, as you're writing that, God is watching over that word to fulfill it in your life. So if you want to have freedom to speak, you can go whichever corner that you want to speak. But if you can speak wherever you are, that's fine. But we just take about five minutes and use our tongues as a pen of a skillful writer. The things that you want to see in your life, speak them. You believe them, but now it's time to speak them. It's to put them down. But you write them with your mouth, with your tongue. Do it as a skillful writer. Let's stand up and write our destinies.